Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. My name is Ali. I'm joined by my friend James. How's it going, James? What's up, game players? Game players of the world unite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and today we're talking about a bunch of games because we're such pro gamers. Um, <laughs> no, that's, yes. that's a lie. It's because they're all very short and they're all in a collection. It's called the Dread X Collection. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It's like a, another virtual game jam. We covered one of these before. We did the Haunted PS1 um, demo disc in a mm-hmm. past episode. Uh, this is like a similar thing, and it's also an ongoing thing. So Volume 2 actually comes out later this month. Um, yeah. So there's one big difference here, though, is that this one is not free while the haunted ps1 demo disc is free yeah is it worth your seven bucks yeah we'll tell you you'll have to find out (laughs) yeah but before you find out a couple reminders as always this episode of zero brightness is brought to you by you you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness to find out more you can sign up to support us directly and you get bonus content every week it's a little show that we call zero brightness plus yes and i'm gonna guess that you need it in your life so you should go over there and sign up Mm -hmm. uh and we're a game club we tell you what we're gonna play next and if you want you can play along uh that could be a bit of fun since we're all looking (laughs) for parasocial internet outlets these days yes we also have a couple t-shirts left yeah go buy some t-shirts we have a band camp where you can buy t-shirts from us all the links are at zerobrightness.com that's the hub where you can get to anything that we do yes we sell music on there too we have a bunch of banging tracks it's the only website you need yeah come on zerobrightness.com make it your homepage. <laughs> i forgot about home pages <laughs> remember home pages dude yeah we don't do that anymore (laughs) anyway okay so dread x collection yes uh so this is kind of interesting i think similar to how the ps1 demo disc had the directive of make a game that could fit into the kind of ps1 aesthetic and style Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. this one did something similar but it's a lot looser and you can you can kind of tell um in this one it was make the playable teaser uh for your ideal horror project in seven days wow that was the prompt so it's Mm -hmm. it's like kind of inspired by pt the playable teaser for the canceled silent hills game made by you know hideo kojima and his team never Um, heard of it yeah it's a little niche indie game Mm. uh very hard to find these days (laughs) uh but yeah so they they kind of approached this group of developers and said hey uh do that but for your kind of like ideal horror project and Mm. uh they gathered together these games um there are 10 games in this collection Mm -hmm. Uh, and there is kind of like a weird sort of pt style launcher looks like it's like creepy and it has these memos that kind of (laughs) remind me of the dad was a drag thing from pt you know what i'm talking about oh yeah yeah 
I don't know that the the launcher is weird because it starts like black screen white text and it has like this like kind of like goofy spooky monologue and I'm like okay what the hell is this let me get to the the demo disc screen here so I can pick my game but I I will say that the uh, the UI in this one between the haunted PS1 demo disc and the Dread X collection I feel like the UI is much improved in the Dread X collection. Even though it has that kind of, like, goofy intro monologue. Well, the cool thing about that in this game is that that stuff's, like, optional. Like, if you want, you can just click and start the game. Yeah, Haunted PS1 Demo Disc has that kind of, like, brain-searing menu (laughs) you have to navigate through. With the, like, (laughs) and, like, a bunch of flashing lights. (laughs) And it's like... Okay, I did not pirate this. I don't need to mm-hmm. listen to techno and have lights flashing at me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there there are a lot less games here. I don't remember exactly how many games were on the Haunted PS1 demo disc, but there are 10 here. Which, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's still quite a bit to chew on, but yeah. less games. And I think, well, there are some familiar faces here, too. There's one mm-hmm. dev shared between the two projects, which is Lovely Hellspace, who mm. uh, they made um, Dread Delusion on the PS1 demo disc, which is one of my favorites there. And Super cool. Yeah, and they also made a banger for this one, too, which is cool. Uh, we've also got David Szymanski, who did Dusk of course, Mm -hmm. uh, with an entry here. And uh, we've got Airdorf, the developer of Faith, which is that like Atari-style horror game that we keep saying we're going to check out um, and we should do that. We need to do that. Yeah, you know, there's like a trilogy of games, I guess, and I, I was waiting for them all to be fully released and done so we could just cover mm. the like the whole faith thing but i think it might be yeah. out now this you know it's Sick. funny like the thing i really liked about playing this uh like collection was that it kind of reminded me of like there's maybe some stuff that we've missed or need to circle back to because we've been covering mm. all these big like big game releases you yeah. know and just like that waste- aren't even fun yeah just wasting <laughs> our fucking time and money playing shit like the last of us 2 and deadly premonition 2 and all this <laughs> all these terrible twos like no i'm definitely yeah. more interested in this shit you know i'd rather buy 50 indie games for one dollar each than buy deadly premonition 2 again for 50 dollars absolutely if i think <laughs> i have to just not think about the fact that i spent 50 dollars on that because if i do i'm just like so upset <laughs> so upset. yeah but we're not talking about that game today <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> not today satan not today satan uh, but yeah, so there's some like familiar faces in here. Um, it's uh, it's a cool collection. Uh, I th- think yeah. you know having less games is nice. I will say with you know haunted PS1 you couldn't complain because it was free, but like it was also a little bit overwhelming. Um, and I, I don't know if I'd agree with that. I love bottomless demo discs. I was a '90s PC gamer, so I feel like a lot of people probably didn't play all the games on that though or Mm -hmm. like would just never get to some of the games well i feel like with with these collections they're all gonna be hit or miss like you're never gonna have like 10 bangers on a collection like this yeah so the more the merrier i would argue yeah uh i fuck with that 
but <laughs> I do feel like this one does kind of have a similar feel uh, mm-hmm. to PS1 demo disc um, in the sense that there's like a few standouts and then there's like, you know, sure the, the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, that's like we grew up at a time when compilations for music were super popular and mm-hmm. like how many of those did you have that you would literally just skip to the like five songs out of 25 that you oh, actually yeah. liked you know totally like yeah. punk rock comps every song's a minute uh-huh. long like mm-hmm. you're just listening to the five and those victory records compilations <laughs> these go on forever <laughs> yeah yeah fill the cd <clears throat> type vibes yeah emo is awesome emo is evil remember yeah. that one <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> oh fuck yeah but yeah so you know i i will say overall though i i like these uh a lot um i enjoy mm. having a little like snack plate of video games to play and check out i did kind of i mean i don't know about you but i did sort of play this one in the same way that I played the PS1 demo disc where mm. if a game got my attention, I played through the whole thing. And if a game turned me off or I just couldn't figure it out, I kind of bailed. Yeah, same. I mean, I I played all 10 games kind of back to back to see what got my interest. And then I went through a second time and kind of gave the ones that didn't grab me the first time a second chance. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad I did. But then other ones I'm like, well, I still don't feel great about. So. Yeah, you know, one thing about this, I will say, so even though it's it's influenced by PT, but they're not trying to be like PT-like games, Yeah, I did feel that some of them did have the kind of subtle part of PT and also the kind of like looping part of PT or the way that PT has like kind of secrets in it. And if you mm. let it loop and play it more, you find more stuff um some of these games have that vibe almost to a fault because they like they don't really like signpost that at all so you might just be like Mm. oh whatever you know (laughs) like yeah i don't get this and i know i definitely missed out on the point of a couple of these games just because i like didn't get it (laughs) yes a a couple of these games have a problem of being a bit directionless where it's like okay generic unity first person game where it just drops you in a world and it's like okay here's some drawers to open or whatever you know yeah although i feel like when you say that you might be talking about my favorite game on here <laughs> so I'm, i am uh low-key offended but we're gonna breeze past it well before we get into these games like do we want to talk about what dread x is because i had like no idea really oh okay sure so uh dread this collection was put together and hosted, published by um, Dread XP, which mm-hmm. is the video games part of the Dread Central website. Um, yeah. Dread Central is a horror website that I've actually been a reader of for a while. And yeah, uh, it's been around since like maybe the mid 2000s, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I yeah. can, I'm not sure on that, but I've been reading it for a few years now. Um, mm-hmm. And. I like it just because it's hard to find good horror websites. And for some reason, I feel like with horror reviews and coverage, you kind of never find one place that you agree with. Sure. Yeah. Even, I mean, not that that's true of anything, but I feel like even more than other genres, like it's so subjective. 
that mm-hmm. like I like to have a bunch of different websites. And so like, you know, if you only read like bloody disgusting or Fangoria or something, like you're just frustrated all the time because you're just like, oh, I just know. Like I don't <laughs> I don't feel that way. So mm. anyway, I, I only found out relatively recently, like sometime last year, that they have a games section called yeah. Dread XP. That's cool. And so, you know, I like to read that and I like to read rely on horror. Um, so I thought it was cool to see that they put together this, uh, this collection of of games that could sort of mirror some of their own coverage, but then also like, you know, bring in different devs and, you know, make this product. I think it's super cool. And full disclosure, the guy like did jump into our discord and like ask us to review this, but he didn't provide Steam keys for us, so we actually paid for this. So yeah. like, we're not we're not shills or anything. <laughs> we're not shills. No one has <laughs> given us anything for free yet. So yet, yet these are so far we have not sold out. These are all free range opinions. <laughs> Waiting on you, stamps.com. Stamps.com. God damn it! I need. <laughs> I'm gonna need that monthly stipend and Steam keys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need Steam keys of Doom 3 for sure. Mm. Aren't those like 39 cents now? <laughs> That's besides the point, James. It's the <laughs> principle. Mm. Um, okay, so how do how do we want to do this? Do we want to talk our favorites? Do we want to run through the games? What do we want to do? Yeah, I mean, let's start on a positive. You want you want to talk about one of your favorites? Okay, let's start. Uh, no, let's start in a contentious fave. Let's start okay. a, a problematic favorite because you don't agree. <laughs> uh, the first one that I played that really struck me was this game, Outsiders. Yeah. Uh, so this is, I guess, the dev who made this also made an SCP game, which is kind of like a red flag, but it's one that people like. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's called SCP Blackout. Uh, I haven't played it, but it's one that, that people really like. Uh, and, you know, when you boot up this game, it is kind of like, I mean, it has nice graphics. It looks good, but it's not like super distinct visually, like the visual style. It, um, yeah, it's like Unreal Engine, like asset store vibes, like immediately. Like the kind of like 3D world that you would show, like uh, like somebody buying a house, like a 3D unreal render of their house sure sure yeah but but so i started playing this game and it's like go through the drawers and like look for shit look for items it's like okay and Mm -hmm. uh i did so you can either play it where every time you restart the items are in different locations or you can play it where they're all in the same locations i chose Mm -hmm. to play it where they're in the same location because i felt like that would be less frustrating uh and uh so i i I booted it up i started playing it i didn't really get what was going on uh and then i died and i was like huh well i don't know what the fuck that was but it said like hey don't worry if you die it's part of the experience and i was like the Mm. game said that to me (laughs) i was like (laughs) okay well i guess i'll try again so i restarted it and there's like bloody notes on the walls and i was like oh Okay, so then the notes start telling you where to find items or where to look for stuff, and immediately I found a button behind the toaster that like 
dropped a counter from the ceiling, like a like a time clock <laughs> counter, and like opened up this weird panel behind the fireplace, and I was like, okay, now we're on to some shit. And so I kept playing, and I also figured out where like some of the keys are, but I died again because there's also like monsters. Uh, kind of like weird invisible monsters. I died again, restarted. Now the house is even more fucked up and bloody and messed up. And yeah, I don't know. It made this really cool loop where I'd play for like less than 10 minutes, but I'd find a bunch of stuff. I'd make some progress, die, restart, and I'd know where to go, but the house would also be way more fucked up. Mm. Um, there's also some pretty cool scares in this one. Like, uh, this like weird thing ran past me that really got me and it wasn't even like a jump scare it was just really fucking scary and i was like shit that was really fucking scary um i will say though that this game i felt like a lot of these games were so going for the pt vibe of like we don't tell you what to do we don't give you instructions or anything but like Mm -hmm. in pt all you had to do is press forward so it's a little bit problematic in these games where they're all of them have more complicated mechanics than that except for like one or two of the games Mm -hmm. and so it was i kind of it took me a while to figure out what's going on but then once i figured out what's going on suddenly like man i just play this game for like an hour like just playing it like over and over and over so it would have been nice to maybe have a little bit of guidance or something but we're always asking for stuff to be more slow burn so i can't complain (laughs) if i play by my own rules so I gave this game two chances, and the second time I probably spent 20 minutes in it before I gave up, and uh, I couldn't get anywhere. Uh, it was just completely directionless to me. So this game has like a problem with darkness. So you'll walk into a room and it's pitch black, and it's like so dark you can't even see the light switches. So a lot of the times I was like just trying to find light switches because. Uh, I, you know, I found out that there was a flashlight, but I found it like super late, you know, um, and I just, I, I had no direction. No. So I never died and I never had that loop to where you get like notes on the wall and stuff. So uh, I was just like lost in this big house and I couldn't get anywhere. Yeah, no, I get that. Cause it was also for me, it was like, I missed the flashlight initially cause it's in the first room, but oh, yeah. I missed it and then I went exploring and I was like, man, a lot of these rooms are pitch black and I can't find the light switch. There mm-hmm. must be a flashlight. And then once I went back to the first room, I was like, oh, there's a fucking flashlight right there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's once again, this game actually does nick the repeating loop thing from PT. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually felt like it did it in a more interesting way just because like the environment gets so messed up and degraded uh yeah in in a cool way and once again there's so many weird secrets and things to find um and i didn't even like 100 percent figure it out i just played a bunch of loops and i was at the point where i like found a bunch of keys and creepy mannequins and seen some scares and i was like all right like i'm with it but (laughs) yeah i do i do wish it had signposted certain things better and definitely like Mm -hmm. the, the loop structure yeah if it just give you a little more nudging in the right direction before the loop started, yeah. it would have made a lot more sense. Totally. And you know, one thing I think with games that do the, you have to die to progress thing. Like I'm never going to like that. I don't like that. Like I'm always mm-hmm. annoyed in games. Cause I remember being a kid and like 
playing like RPGs where you're in a fight where you're supposed to die and just like refusing to die and just playing oh, the fight yeah. forever. Just <laughs> using every single item and yeah. magic you have. Yeah. Yeah. So I do wish this game was a little bit more upfront about like, oh, you should just like die. Because also like the monsters mm-hmm. are cool. They're like these invisible monsters and like handprints appear on the wall. And there's like weird psychedelic effects. It's also cool because like once you open up that, uh, once you open up that thing in the fireplace you can like control certain things in the house so i think you can like there's a switch you hit that turns off the time limit because initially there's like a time limit Mm. and you can like turn that off so that you can like explore more and then like the monsters will come and go as you play i don't know it's a there's something going on under the hood here did you finish it uh no okay i just like there's a huge twist and i'm not gonna ruin it for you oh really yeah okay it's hilarious okay cool yeah (laughs) yeah i am gonna go back and like try and like 100 percent it but Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's it's weird it's definitely not like easy to wrap your head around some of the stuff is really hard to find uh like there's keys Mm -hmm. and stuff that are hidden in really goofy places and like of course there's like a bunch of uh, like one thing that threw me was like there's items you can pick up but then like you don't really use them. There isn't like a use button. I don't know. It's it's a, it's a little bit of a weird interface. So there's some stuff where I'd be trying to do something and be like, oh, I'm just like an idiot, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> well, no, actually, I just don't really get this interface. I was very impressed with that game. Ultimately, I thought it was cool. I hope they they do something like this, like a full version of a game that's kind of in this vein. Would be very cool. Mm, yeah, it's kind of a escape room kind of thing, you know. Dude, you know what I thought of immediately? Do you remember uh, those weird like flash games that were like escape room games in like the early 2000s? I think there was one called like Red Room and Blue Room. I never played a lot of those. I only did like stickdeath.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, there is a series of games. I think it was the first two were Red Room and Blue Room. And they were like these flash games that were just point and click. You're in just like a small square room. You can page around to like the four walls of the room and click on stuff and you had to find items. And if you found items in the right order, you could get out of the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and me and one of my friends, we were obsessed with those games. I think they eventually made like <laughs> the same company made like four or five of them. Uh, and like, they're so good. And when I was playing this game, I was immediately like, oh my God, it's like Red Room again. Uh, so <laughs> nice. I fucks with it is what I'm trying to say. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's switch gears and talk about probably the worst game on this list. <laughs> okay. It's a little game called Rotgut. Okay. I want to get it out of the way. This game is just like not worth playing like at all. I actually um, couldn't get anywhere in this game. I kept walking out mm-hmm. of bounds and crashing it. Yeah. It's just like this copy paste city but it's like badly copy pasted because like the doors are cut off by the ground and like you wander around until you find a like train tunnel with like people dancing in it with these like little one second dance animation loops. And you just keep walking down this tunnel like forever and then you walk back and like the tunnel walls closed and the game ends. Uh-oh. It's really awful. And, uh, like it's it's just so low quality. Like you're walking on like the street, and the street's like flashing on and off, and like just textures will pop in and disappear and stuff. It's sure. a mess, and not worth playing. Sure. 
Next. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I couldn't even get anywhere. I, I just kept walking out of bounds and crashing the game. So It's super not chill. And it also uses like the like default Unity free like footsteps and everything. Like I heard those footsteps and I was like, wow, I use that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you wanna do you wanna pick another fave? Maybe you wanna. Yeah. Yours? Well, one that was pretty cool and kind of fourth wall breaking was uh, Summer Night. It's kind of like a like a Tiger LCD handheld or a uh, Nintendo Game and Watch inspired game. Yeah. It looks um, exactly like a tiger handheld. Yeah, they did a really good job making like the LCD screen look legit. Like it has like a little drop shadow under the sprites and everything. It, it kind of does like a, a stories untold thing where like while you're playing the LCD game, like you can hear things happening around you, like in the world of this person playing the LCD game. Yeah, it's pretty uh, freaky. And then like glitchy shit will happen well the game is basically like this little farmer picking mushrooms and sometimes like freaky shit will happen like uh like a glitchy like ringu lady will show up on the game and like cut off half the screen or you'll get like a um lovecraftian like tentacled spider millipede monster on the screen things like that all yeah. the while, like, glitches will happen or, like, the game will freeze and, like, nothing will happen for, like, 30 seconds while, like, scary sound effects, like, happen in the room. Yeah. it The game itself kind of reminds me... I don't know, I bring this up a lot, but I don't know. This game really struck me when I played it, like, eight years ago or whatever. But that game eversion where it's mm. just, like, a cute, simple little game that slowly gets, like, glitchier and glitchier and creepier and creepier... Mm-hmm. and yeah the creepy stuff is very good it's very well done definitely nails that stories untold kind of like you're looking at the screen but you're actually the person playing the game thing yeah yeah and then that becomes really important in the end section of it uh yeah yeah well the, another thing is that this game is just like fun like in like a lizard brain, like simplest video game you can think of possible fun, you know, yeah. like Atari game fun, you know, and that's one thing that a lot of, you know, yeah, when you think like, oh my God, I have to make a video game in seven days. Like one, how are you going to make something fun? And two, uh-huh. how are you going to make it spooky? And I think this game nails that idea perfectly. It's super fun and super spooky, and it does one thing, and it does it great. Yeah. No, totally. I, it's I like totally a 60-second punk rock song, you know? Yeah, totally. Nailed it. And, get off the stage. Yeah, and I think that if you grew up playing, like, those Tiger Electronics handhelds and shit, it's nostalgic in a good way, like, when you play this. like. And a lot of them aren't fun. Like, oh, it was yeah. only, like, a handful of them that were actually fun. But when they actually got the formula, it worked, you know? Yeah, the two that we had that we played the most were they were horrible. I don't know why we played. We just played them so much because we had them. But we had uh, Batman, mm. like the one with uh, Michael Keaton on it, you know. Yeah. And then we had uh, Paperboy. Weird. And those were yeah. not fun. <laughs> I had Karnov. You remember Karnov? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Data East game with like it's like he's either a Russian or Mongolian guy that shoots fire. Like a fat guy? I thought he was a Russian wrestler okay. in, the, in the NES version. But yeah, this game, 
yeah it nails like well we talk about this a lot with the best way to do nostalgia in a work of art like this is to make something the way you remember it not the way it actually was yeah uh <laughs> this definitely plays like how you remember it where it's like oh it's simple but it's really addicting and you're just like trying to get your score up and blah 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 but then also there's like yeah ringu lady <laughs> <laughs> yeah and just some things wouldn't be possible um because like the tiger screens were like so like primitive like like the pictures couldn't overlap each other on the same spot on the screen like ever yeah so but this game does that kind of thing which would not be possible at all well this game also moves really fast which the tiger electronics handhelds could not do like they were slow as fuck like when they Mm -hmm. were like blinking a sprite out and then bringing in a new sprite it happened so fucking slow like Mm -hmm. This game moves really fast, but it once again, it's cool. It's a it's, miracle that any of them are fun. Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> but yeah, this Summer Night was super cool. It's just a simple little game. It's got a cool twist at the end. Uh, you know, like like I was saying, like with a lot of these games, you have to stick with it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think if there's one theme you'll hear me say maybe throughout is that all of these are the kind of games that you have to stick with. Um if you're going to see like why it's actually cool or why it's worth your time. Yeah. The twist in summer night is really cool. So you got to stick with it. Yeah, totally. But you know, I felt the same way about, you know, outsiders and some of the other ones in here. Uh, and yeah, there was only a couple that I was just like, fuck this. Uh, you know, (laughs) the big one being that rock guy game because it kept crashing and I was like, well, I don't get it. Oh yeah. And then one time I went into the woods and I couldn't, I just walked in the woods forever. I think that was the one I actually was like, okay, (laughs) <laughs> but nice. no summer night's cool as fuck makes me excited to check out uh faith for sure yeah okay maybe let's talk about one that i don't i didn't have super strong feelings about like either way really because it's so short mm. and simple but uh the pay is nice yeah it's kind of like a, a static camera tank controls kind of resident evil one throwback but it's actually got pretty nice visuals yeah yeah, super high resolution textures and uh, the character models look really great and everything. Yeah, it's just like this game. It's really short. It's almost like you play as a researcher at Umbrella Labs or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like you just run through and do this short little story, and it kind of abruptly ends. Yeah, nothing really happens. Like no puzzles. Um, it's only little story bits and reading dialogue. Yeah, totally. You go um, through a couple doors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool, though. I mean, it was actually the first one I played, and oh, yeah? I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it's really short, so you're going to kind of breeze through it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of neutral on this one. It didn't do anything for me either way. Um, yeah. Maybe if it had a cool twist or something. I mean, yeah. it does kind of have a twist, but it's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. But I don't Not know. Ruin it. It's kind of cool. Uh, another one, you know, another one that I, I couldn't totally figure out, but I actually thought looked really cool was, mm. uh, Carthank. Carthank has a great visual style. Amazing um, visual style. You know, of course it has like the VHS drenched PS1 aesthetic, but also it just deals with like, um, like lighting and like, um, just a real like dark area with like these like almost like neon like lights super trippy looking and uh 
I don't know. It kind of makes it look like Indiana Jones meets Tron or something. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of uh, Metroid Prime, where it's like space exploration, but you're in like an ancient temple. So you're like you're a spaceman in an ancient temple, basically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're in like an ancient tomb, and you have to do this kind of like Zelda Wind Waker puzzle, where you have to like shine a light onto like a mirror and like unlock other doors to you have to find parts of a mummy's body and rebuild it and there's three parts um the main problem with this game is that all of the challenges are kind of platformery yeah so and you know i really don't like that in first person games so that was kind of a deal breaker for me yeah i just couldn't do it like i got so here's i i booted up the game and i was like holy shit this looks yeah. incredible. Looks I mean, great. it is kind of VHSy, but it almost looks more like the weird, like low res cameras that you see, like footage from space on. You know, so it <laughs> yeah. kind of reminded me of like Observation a little bit because Observation has that look to certain parts of it. Um, but it's like Metroid Prime, where it's like ancient temple, but sci-fi. Everything's glowing lights and like glowing hieroglyphs and shit. Yeah. I was like. This is amazing. And then I just wandered around in this game for a really long time. Like I was just looking at stuff and just like soaking it in. No, like in a good way. I was like, this Mm. is fucking cool. And then I like put my, you you basically have a lamp that you carry with you that you have to set up like a tripod. So it's not like a flashlight, which I also thought was a cool mechanic. So I set it up and I open the first door and I go in and like, it's literally just this like impossible for me platformer thing. <laughs> and I was like, I, I can't do this. And so I tried it for a while and then I just gave up. So yeah, you have to jump across a chasm and there's just like a bunch of like rectangular platforms suspended yeah. from ceiling and you just have to jump across and it yeah, I sucks. Couldn't do it. Well, so you get the first mummy part and you bring it back to the main room, but then like these like, polygon glowing neon cyber ghosts start like chasing you everywhere yeah so it's really tense but yeah each one of the challenges in each room is just like platforming hell so kind of deflates the whole game but it is a cool experience and it's super tense yeah and uh great aesthetic this is one that i hope they make a full game out of and they actually like figure out something to do besides the platforming yeah. Or or give you a way floatier jump because like the thing about Metroid. Okay, so I love Metroid Prime. I love Metroid Prime so much. I've talked about it a little bit on the show, but it's like seriously one of my favorite games ever. And like the thing in that game that makes it work is that your jump is really like floaty, mm-hmm. uh, and it feels like the jump and you know the jump in Super Met- Metroid is also very floaty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like prior to that game, I had never played an FPS game where I thought the like jumping or platforming worked. And so now it's like if I'm playing a game in first person and it's got platforming, it's like I need to jump and feel like I can jump 10 feet in any direction. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or slow down like super hot. Yeah. When I started playing this game and you just have a little like lame ass hop, I was like, no, we're not. Mm-hmm. This is not going to work for me. So yeah, maybe, you know, if they just give you a mega, like mega floaty jump, I think the platforming stuff is fine. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah cool very cool premise and visual style in this one
Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. Yeah, um, another one I liked a lot was this really uh, appropriately doomy game called Hand of Doom. Yeah. Um, it's a lot like a 90s first-person 3D adventure game, but it kind of, the way it is aesthetically makes it look like a dungeon crawler, but it really doesn't play like a dungeon crawler, but it's got that, like, huge bezel, and, like, your gameplay window is really only, like, you know, this corner of the screen, yeah. And so, like, this huge UI dominates your view, which is, like, hilarious throwback. But, yeah, it, it, it has a mechanic where you do spells, sort of like Eternal Darkness, where you, like, remember uh, syllables, and you do them in the right order, and it'll do a spell. Like, and it'll yeah. unlock a door, or, uh, you know, make a flame turn on, something yeah. like that. It's super cool because, yeah, like you said, it looks like it's a dungeon crawler, like Might and Magic or something, mm-hmm. but plays more like an FPS. And it has a mix of like 3D, like really basic polygonal graphics and like sprite graphics. So, like, yeah. all the characters you meet are sprite based. Your character's hands that come out to like wave around and do the spells oh, are. That's uh, so funny looking, too. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> These two like digitized arms come out, like looking like you know, like the smoky guy from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Hands totally. come out and do like hands it's so funny. Yeah. And so <laughs> those are like overlay on the screen and then yeah, you have this gigantic UI. And yeah, basically you find, you know, a magic book that gives you these syllables and there's no combat in the game. There's just like puzzles and stuff mm-hmm. you have to figure out using the magic system and yeah it is the magic system from eternal darkness where you're just like (laughs) selecting the syllables you want and then you cast a spell you know there's a couple of kind of small puzzles around it like there's an extra spell you can figure out with like clues and like there's you know spells where you or little things you have to figure out you know surrounding like how to cast certain spells and stuff but uh it's really just exploring around in this like very doom metal inspired wizard world. <laughs> Even the the music sounds like Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath from the album Black Sabbath. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. I thought it was so cool because it was just kind of it was cool and sort of creepy in the vibes, but like mostly funny and just like very mm-hmm. fun, very fun to play. I would play a whole game like this for sure. It's very self aware and a little tongue in cheek. Oh yeah. It yeah. is kind of glacially slow. Maybe, maybe figure out how to pep it up a little bit. There is like a speed up spell that they give you oh. a clue. I give you yeah, a clue. See, maybe I missed that. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I liked it. I like, I don't know. I like stuff like this. I, I would totally play a whole game that was like an old PC game, but that didn't have like combat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. It was very, I don't know, we were talking about that today with, like, there's certain genres where, like, it's hard to find a kind of weird chill take on it, like, without mm. combat or stuff like this, and this is totally one of those, like, a dungeon crawler that wasn't stressful, and it was just kind of, like, fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hand of Doom. Yeah. I like this game a lot. 
for sure. Yeah. All right, let's talk about another honker. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Bucket told me to. Now, this is a game, it's kind of like a, what was that Tom Hanks movie? Survivor. Survivor. Yeah. We're, so, okay, you're on a desert island and you have like some friends like Mr. Spear, Mr. Bowl, and Mr. Towel. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of like live your life on this desert island. Like, I speared some fish and ate them and, uh, you know, drank some water and like took a dump. And eventually I fell asleep and woke up and it was at night. And, uh, Mr. Bucket was there in front of a big fire. And apparently I had murdered Mr. Bucket and he uh-huh. wanted me to sacrifice one of my friends. So I threw <laughs> Mr. Bowl into the fire. Okay. Um, it, but this game has a similar problem as to a couple of games on this um, compilation is that it's just completely directionless. A lot of times I had like no fucking idea what to do in this game. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really find it very fun. Um, it's super slow and your character is like very floaty. Like yeah. it never feels like you're walking ever. Yeah. And it's just kind of a mess. Like this sense of humor is kind of cute, but like you find a boom box and it like, apparently the boom box can only play Bon Jovi and it like talks shit about like you not liking Bon Jovi. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I didn't get this game. I didn't, get what i was supposed to do and i just sort of wandered around and then Mm -hmm. gave up (laughs) yeah i didn't have much fun with it i yeah i gave it a second chance because yeah the same exact thing uh the first time i played this game i like gave it five to seven minutes and was kind of like fuck this yeah i just didn't get it uh but you know i think it's also you know what this made me think of uh was that uh, the evil ramen game from the PS1 demo disc. <laughs> where like yeah. people, Tasty ramen. Yeah, people like this stuff. Like if you look at the reviews of this mm. and the reviews of the haunted PS1 demo disc, like those two are like standouts for people. They're like, oh, I loved it, and they just love this weird, goofy stuff that's like not actually fun. It's just streamer trash. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. But yeah, I don't know. I I didn't like this. And then I was like, oh, this is like tasty ramen all over again. Mm. Yeah, I didn't love it. I didn't even like the pooping mechanic. (laughs) Yeah, and what? You should always like the pooping mechanic. Come Mm -hmm. on. All right. Well, going back to another like one I really liked, uh, Shatter. Yes. What a cool little idea. Yeah, so this is another game by Lovely Hell Place who did Dread Delusion mm-hmm. from the Haunted PS1 demo disc. This has the same visual style, mm-hmm. which is sort of like kind of PS1 inspired, but it's much better looking and crisper than like something you could do on a PS1. But it kind of looks dithered and and like, you know, chunky, very chunk. chunky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and it has kind of a similar color scheme where it's got the bright greens and and bright pinks and purples. That's kind yeah, of like, it's very like 80s movie poster. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dread Delusion was weird because it, it felt like the intro of a game where even the intro was unfinished, but it was still like super like crazy where I was like, oh, I want to play this game so bad. This one actually felt a lot more fully realized, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it still felt like the intro... To a game that we don't have the full game of but it had like sure. a, a world and kind of a story and it had a it had a thing going on 
Yeah, it implies something so much bigger, you know, and I think that's that illusion is what is really makes it stand out. Because really all we get is basically two fetch quests and yeah. running from some bad guys and that's all we get, you know? Yeah. But uh, the presentation is so cool and the setup is really cool and unique. Um, can't help but love it. Yeah, so like the premise here is you're basically in this strange, destroyed post-apocalyptic landscape you're in britain mm-hmm. and you wake up in a you know in this area and there's someone in a church kind of a destroyed church who's like oh weird you don't have one of these uh, neuromod chips or whatever they're called yeah uh and you're gonna need one of these to access the network everyone has them and they give you these little details where it's like yeah you know britain got hit really hard everything here is garbage and other mm-hmm. places in the world it's like it's, yeah like you're saying it implies kind of like a larger world and so yeah you go do a quick fetch quest to get this chip you need and then the you know the npc dude puts it in your head and then suddenly you can see these giant bugs everywhere and you can like see stuff on terminals britain's new rulers are like these ai insects that you can see only through augmented reality yeah and the leader of them seems to be like this giant benevolent like bee or something like that yeah or like a dragonfly kind of thing yeah yeah but it's a really cool setup and so like the way this game looks is just so great and you know it's got this like green horizon like almost fallouty and like you look up and there's all these like bent skyscrapers and stuff but it's all ps1 style it's just got such a charming like doomsday vibe to it you know yeah. It's, you know, when Vol- when Fallout can be very generic, this one seems like so stylized, you know? Yeah, totally. Once again, I mean, it's like another game I really want the full game of. Uh, yeah. I hope we get it soon. I know that, like, this developer is still working on Dread Delusion. Um, and I, I want to try that too. But yeah, yeah. I, would love, I would love to get more, yeah, almost like Fallout style action RPGs that are set in a world that has this kind of look to it and has yeah. this kind of aesthetic and story. It's very well, cool. This game has a bit of a silent Hill twist because you like jump into a terminal and the world kind of changes around you and all these yeah. bad guys show up and all you can do is run from them. I think I didn't have any way to uh, do combat. Yeah. But, um, you just have to run. Yeah. But it is cool. I guess. I mean, it definitely wasn't fleshed out like the attacking or anything. Um, yeah. But- but that was super cool. Yeah, like the second fetch quest, you have to go and get an item that's only it's only like usable in the other world. So yeah. you have to take it back to the person who gave you the quest while still in this other world, which you can only change at this one terminal. Um, and so when you go to that terminal and switch it to the other world, it looks all weird and gross and meaty like Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, like if you die, it switches back. And you have to go back and re-enter the other world and like do it again. But yeah, there's enemies suddenly. The enemies are these creepy like humanoid insects that yeah. chase you around. And yeah, I thought it was I thought that was a cool twist where it's like Fallout meets Silent Hill meets William Gibson or some shit. Like Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, super cool. I would love to see more of this. Yeah. Yeah, even more than like Dread Delusion cuz like that one had almost more of like a kind of like a Dark Souls dark medieval Souls, yeah. 
dark fantasy vibe. And this one is fully like cyberpunk Silent Hill, which like Space just saying beast, that out loud, yeah. Just saying that out loud, I'm like, dude, I want that. <laughs> Where's that? Yeah. Uh I don't know. Um both seem really cool. Dread Delusion was of course more fleshed out because it took them more than a week, you know. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, no, this was this is definitely a highlight. Uh, whatever full ass game they make i'm down for let's just say that yeah let's let's get it dude i'm ready yeah um okay you know let's talk about one that i was really looking forward to and then i wasn't sure how to feel after i played Mm, it which is the pony factory uh yeah i was gonna kind of try to save this one for last but yeah fuck it let's go yeah david savansky uh creator of dusk um and other games as well but we covered dusk for the show we both love dusk mm-hmm. kind of for different reasons uh <laughs> and and it's funny thinking about dusk in relation to this because dusk is like to me a great marriage of survival horror first person shooter and walking sim so mm. i was really enjoying it because of the survival horror and walking sim elements of it and i was playing it on like extra easy i don't like first person shooters <laughs> i was not getting fired up in the arenas but you do like first person shooters <laughs> so for you that part of it was cool and it's a lot like quake so you were like mm. yeah this is awesome um yeah this game is interesting because in a lot of ways it reminded me of doom 3 uh which you haven't oh, played right, right? Or have you well, it, I know it has that mechanic to where you have to switch between your light and your gun. Well, okay. So the thing with the reason that this is interesting, and what's funny is that I played this game before reading like the the kind of press release games list thing, and in the press release games list thing, he references Doom Three. Oh, okay. uh, so I think this is his take on Doom Three, which is an interesting idea. But mm. if anyone remembers Doom Three. Uh, it caught a lot of shit because they tried to make it more of a horror game. Uh, they did actually try to make it more of a survival horror game. And the way they did that was threefold. Number one, they made it very clunky to switch between your flashlight <laughs> and your guns. So you could not have a flashlight and the gun at the same time. Number two, in order to facilitate that being a mechanic, they made the game pitch fucking black. I mean, that game is <laughs> darker than the fucking other side of the moon, dude. Like, it's crazy. And... On top of that, they also made the game like crazy claustrophobic. So you're Mm -hmm. in tiny, tiny rooms and hallways with no light firing randomly at things. That sounds familiar. In Doom 3, when I, I mean, I played it years and years ago. I actually liked it. I don't know if I'd like it today, but Mm -hmm. it was frantic and crazy, but you could usually fight your way out of a scenario and just be like, Oh, that was cool. And I think that's the problem with this game is you get into the same thing where it's like dark, it's cramped, it's frantic, but I died every time. I always died. (laughs) Yeah, uh, this one is really tough. And I tried it on the easiest difficulty too. And I got farther on the easiest difficulty for sure. But um, yeah, I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know if I was missing like well-disguised health kits or something, but yeah. These animals would kick my ass. Yeah. So, the, you know, if you're not familiar with any of the stuff we're talking about, I'm sorry. But also, uh, this is basically just a first person shooter. It's in black and white. Uh, you have a weird little kind of like automatic gun, you know, 
and there are these dog enemies some of them walk on their hind legs what'd you say they're ponies oh yeah pony factory come on (laughs) oh yeah but they look like the things from dusk which look like dogs to me yeah well they're ponies they look like the things from dusk though right (laughs) yeah well they they, i feel like they have the same animation as the things from dusk because something was very familiar about them yeah yes okay so they're pony dogs and uh basically they're the environments in the game are really small but the enemies are really big and i so i took damage every time i saw an enemy like they just take yeah and they take a lot of damage off like 20 or 25 damage or something it was kind of ridiculous yeah so you have 100 health so it's like Mm -hmm. if you run into four enemies if you can't run from at least one of them you're probably gonna die yeah Uh, and running is hard uh it's hard to run from guys because there's no run uh (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah uh, the run button is actually slowed down in this game yeah, yeah there's a slow down button. Yeah, if you hit shift, like you're conditioned to, and it's just like, nope. Uh, <laughs> but so, two things I guess that help. There are some weirdly hidden health items that I managed to find, so mm-hmm. there is a bit of that. And it did eventually, like, I died so many times it started giving me tips on screen. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like, fire in bursts because it improves your accuracy, or get close. And I was like, well, that's not much of a help. Um, <laughs> yeah so i got you know, the same tip yeah it's like an interesting concept because i do kind of think personally doom 3 is sort of underrated and mm. it's not a bad idea that like it had about you know a frantic first person shooter being scary rather than just like exciting uh, mm-hmm. it's a cool idea but i don't i don't think this game convinced me well, of that to me, you didn't bring up the coolest part of this game, is its look. It does yes. a real stark black and white thing um, to where the shadows are just pitch black. And so it's real easy to get spooked from like one of these goofy-ass ending, uh, enemies running out of a shadow at you. Yeah. And I think it just because of its like stark visual style, it keeps the tension really high yeah no totally unfortunately you play through the game and you like get the item you were looking for at the pony factory and then you have to play all the levels like basically in reverse oh yeah to escape the phony pony factory yeah i couldn't even get past like the fourth area fourth or fifth Mm, area yeah Uh, i couldn't even get past there because i just got swarmed by dudes and i was like well i can't do this but yeah it really feels like you like it's made for you to like memorize where all the bad guys are but that doesn't make it very fun that's exactly what i was gonna say like i hated how like you're saying the visuals are amazing and it's a cool idea like an enemy coming at you from the darkness but because you have to memorize where all the enemies are if you don't want to die you're like the Mm -hmm. tension just dissipates so fast you know Mm -hmm. because it's like Oh, you just have to remember that in that room where you grab that health pack, there's like a dude right behind you. So yep. you have to shoot him from where you get the health. You know, it's just like that's not scary. <laughs> but I would I would still rather play this than uh, Layers of Fear 2. <laughs> what? I mean, yeah, I agree, but I love how you keep coming back to that. That game hurt you, dude. I could feel it. No, I was just thinking about it because of like the the black and white and stark contrasts and things like that. Yeah, you know, visually this game did that really well. Yeah. 
Yeah, Layers of Fear 2 just looked like booty. No, I just had like a little, you know, like Vietnam flashback to that. (laughs) I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so I guess there's only, is there only one that we haven't talked about yet? Don't Um, go out. Don't go out. Topical game. Uh, A game about now. This is a cool game. Uh, I... This is another one that I wish I had like a tutorial mm-hmm. for it, because like it would have been so easy to implement a tutorial here too. Just like make the first level super super easy. Yeah, I guess I also don't know how many levels there are though, so maybe it's meant to do. <laughs> I don't know. It's like meant to do what I did, where I just played the first level like over and over and over, mm-hmm. uh, and I was just trying to figure the game out, and I didn't really figure it out, but I really like it. Uh, um so basically I gave it like five tries and I couldn't beat the first level. Yeah. So yeah, I need the instruction manual for this one. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um so this game is basically like a grid-based strategy game. Uh except the actions you can do besides movement are all card-based. Mm-hmm. So you have a grid with characters on it and then you have cards that you draw that show you actions. So Mm -hmm. some of the actions could be put another character on the map. Some of the actions could be like, you know, light up the grids. You can see where enemies are. Mm -hmm. And yeah, most of the field is shrouded in darkness. So you're trying to clear this stage without getting killed by monsters who are always trying to like come closer and closer to you. So what, what is the trick? Do you just have to stay alive for that many number of terms? turns because it gives you kind of like a uh a countdown like there's like yeah. nine hours left eight hours left yeah i think that's the that's the goal okay because um, i could I, I got to like one hour left and then i died yeah but it's a it's a really yeah it's this game once again needed a tutorial because i didn't really get some of the details of it but like as mm-hmm. someone like personally i love advance wars uh, yeah, I don't know if people how familiar people are with the Advance Wars series. Advance Wars, fucks, dude. Oh my god, you're gonna pass around your Game Boy Advance with all your friends? Are you kidding? Hell yes. Like, I'm not even a huge strategy game fan, but like Advance Wars and the Ogre Battle series, psh, mm-hmm. get out of here. That's the best shit. Yeah, when I was a teenager, early 20s, we would go to the like coffee shop and like pass around the Advance Wars. Hell Good yeah. times. Yeah, dude. It's so good. Um, I love Advance Wars. But this kind of has a similar look and somewhat of a similar feel. Like, I'd say the later levels of Advance Wars in the campaign are, like, very... You're very outgunned, and it's all about just, like, figuring out the right movement. and like. Oh, stuff yeah. Like- if you, like, screw up a move, it's like you might as well start over. Yeah. But I also really like the random element of this game. So it's like you're mm. trying to make decisions... And you can't just make them based on what you can do. You have to make them based on what cards you're holding in your hand. Um, So like you might get one that lets you like sacrifice one of your players to do more like actions in that turn Mm -hmm. or like, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's really cool. It made it feel like it was kind of inspired by like a teen slasher movie or something, you know, (laughs) Like you might have to make decisions like you'd see someone make one of those movies. It's, it's really cool. I, I hope there is a full version of this that has a really deep tutorial. Cause that would be yeah. very cool. 
I need to give this one another chance. See yeah. if I can figure it out. But I think definitely for people who like that kind of Advance Wars feel, but with a horror theme and with a really interesting like card card based mechanic, uh, this game this game rocked. I don't know. I was I was really I was into it. I just I, I wish I could understand. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, and it's got a great style too. Um, it's very you know like shining force it's it's 16-bit af like it's yeah i i think it's even like more primitive looking than advanced wars or something like that oh but yeah, yeah then it does like like full screen like splash of blood when your character dies and like uh in between turns it says shit like it's coming for you like in big bloody yeah. letters and stuff it's great yeah cool kind of minimal music it's very mm-hmm. like 80s horror movie um yeah 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 really great sense of style really cool game i don't know man i'm just on this kick right now i just love this like 16-bit horror mm-hmm. vibe i want mm-hmm. more of it i want there to be mm-hmm. more in the world <laughs> well i have good news for you then for the next episode <laughs> oh yeah that's right <laughs> um but yeah that's uh i mean that's the games uh yeah. them's the games them's the games you want it because you you love to talk about this you want to talk about did you think this was worth seven dollars yeah yeah i don't know i don't know i'm kind of i mean i don't care i spent seven dollars on it but like <laughs> i don't know it's seven dollars in video game money like you can get a lot of shit for seven bucks on steam sure and the P- the the haunted ps1 demo disc was free so Sure. Does this collection give you more value than the Haunted PS1 demo disc? Or is that an irrelevant question? I think that's an irrelevant question, personally. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess, like, I would say in terms of games that were, like, real standouts that I was like, hell yeah. Mm. There weren't that many more in the PS1 demo disc when you consider how many more games there were in the ps1 demo disc you know what i mean i i would say the quality of games are basically on par with each other yeah you know for sure even some of the same developers well when we were talking about uh you're talking about the discord like the you know like once people put this together like jumped in our discord mm-hmm. was talking to us for like a second and somebody it wasn't one of us someone in our discord was like give them keys and then he was like uh i mean it's priced as cheap as we can to actually like pay the people who made these games yeah. and yeah. to me that was like oh that's cool yeah because i think that once again and we've talked about this on the show before and i i've said this a bunch but i think that gamers are getting too into their everything should be <laughs> free bag lately because everything is like free or everything is like so cheap like don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm not advocating for the $70 game or anything, but it's like mm-hmm. as someone who makes art and wants people to pay me for the art I make and the stuff I make, like, yeah, you want people to be paid for their work. And like $7 mm-hmm. is very cheap for the work yeah. of like 10 people. Um, yeah, totally. I, I, it's def, I definitely don't feel like I got ripped off. Like it's yeah. totally worth $7. You're going to have $7 worth of fun with it. Yeah, totally. And also, like, you can look at trailers or find little videos of all these games if you're not sure if it would be your thing or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. 
because that's how I am. Like a lot of times someone will be like, oh, you should play this game. And I go look it up and I'm like, I'm not going to touch that. That looks like shit, you know, but yeah. like you can always do that with these games as well. Um, but I, I think it's worth checking out. I would recommend it. Uh, yeah. Like if, if you love PS1 demo disc and you need more, this is like tasty AF. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I would like to see more stuff like this. I want to see mm-hmm. more like collections of bite-sized games. Well, I know Volume 2 is coming out, right? Yes. They're already Vol- talking about it. Volume 2 is coming out later this month. I'm going to check that out. I'm excited for that. But And I think Haunted Demo Disc is doing like a Summer of Haunted Games or something like that. They've been busy as fuck, dude. They've been yeah. doing a bunch more shit. They did some showcases, and I think there'll be some new releases from them, too. I would just like to normalize this and have more of this in the indie games world, you know? I do, I th- um, you know, one of our followers, one of our uh, patrons, sent me a video game he made for the uh, Haunted PS1 Summer of Screams. Did you see this? He posted it in the Discord. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. It's a it's a little game called Rococo, and it's uh, I was really impressed by it. Uh, yeah. Everybody cool. should go play that. Big shout out to that dude. Rock on. Yeah. Culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was super cool. And yeah, I mean, I just think that like people making little games, it's obviously like way more of a of an approachable goal. And mm-hmm. I like I like playing these things. Like just like we talked about in the in the PS1 demo disc episode. Like we love demo discs. I love playing a bunch of short, cool games, just getting little windows inside people's minds. Um, yeah. You know, I think there's there's some of that vibe with these, more so than with, like, a full game. Because, like, when you have to make a full game, there's so much more to consider and so many more things that need to be in the game that it's hard to keep that kind of dreamlike, weird sort of, like, thought process going. Mm-hmm. Like it's really rare to get a full game like Yume Nikki, right? Where the whole thing just feels like a weird dream. But yeah. I think it's a lot easier to get that in like a short form. Well, I still have my fingers crossed about Dread Delusion. Yeah, yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. I just want something from that developer, dude. Like, yeah, for sure. I'm so ready. Yeah, I also, you know, I after PS One, this is another fun thing you can do with all of these. Um, you can also do it with this collection too. Uh, you can follow all of these people on itch.io. Mm-hmm. And then if you like log into your account, you'll see like who's putting out new shit and like when full versions of games are coming and all that kind of stuff. So it's just like with Bandcamp for musicians where if you yeah. find a band you like, you can follow them. And then when they put out something, you get an email or whatever. Like, I feel like people need to, you like, it's really cool and fun to do that with these collections after the fact. Cause then like, like, I need to go find out if that mouse game came out, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that's a that's a cool... Yeah, I didn't really use Itch until we started doing the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really cool resource. Yeah, I was just, like, downloading, like, free... Uh, the occasional free game here and there from Itch, but, like, when we did the... I think before we did the Haunted PS1 episode, I, like jumped on there and made an account so i could follow people and yeah well and i also bought that like black lives matter bundle so now i have like 1500 games attached to that <laughs> account or whatever so i gotta remember the login is the moral of that story true dad 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, this was this was fun. I like doing these things. And like I said, yeah. if you're burnt out on playing the big games of 2020, if you're tired of shooting dogs, uh, shoot some ponies instead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You're laying on the grass. It's cool, slightly damp. You're looking up at the sky. You're aware of your body, but you're also aware of it relaxing. You're letting go of the tension, moving from the top of your head, down to shoulders, to the base of your spine, and on down to your feet. You're thinking ahead, but not too far ahead. You're thinking, it's Game Club. Up next, we're talking about some Sega Genesis games. Some sort of horrific, horror-themed Sega Genesis game. I almost want to tell you what the games are, but wouldn't that defeat the purpose of the exercise? In this life, is it not about learning to let go of the things that we can't control, that we can't grasp tightly in our fist? You take this as a good reminder that your hands should also be relaxed, unclenched, they too can feel the cool, damp grass. Beyond that lies another episode. This time, once again, about retro horror games. Two in a row, you think. The audacity. No, you let go of that thought. Now is not the time for anger. You're relaxing. Top of the head, base of the spine, down to your heels. Relax. But we are talking about NES horror games. Licensed horror games based on horror films. Nasty stuff. Unpleasant business. Best not to think of it for now. We're relaxing. It's 67 degrees. The grass is damp. Our body is relaxed. We hear nature sound. Nothing so close that we would feel alert or uncomfortable. Uncomfortable? Why, we've completely forgotten what that's like.